Hello and good evening everybody. My name is Rahul Sharma and the topic of my podcast today is national security and frontier control in India. Why I feel that this topic is very important in this current day is because that an average Indian today tends to think so much more about maximizing his own wealth, about gaining more profit and about making money. But I'd like to remind him and each and every one of you who think in the same fashion that the origin of this country, of this great land of India that we have today, as which we proudly call to be our country, to be our homeland, came from a frontier battle or popularly known as a full-scale war. The problem of national security has been persistent in the administration since 1947, but the ways of tackling it have evolved. And I'd like to only talk about the present way of tackling it considering that that is only relevant to our times today however i'd like to still take you know some inferences and you know some tips that we could from the past as well so the real problem began in terms of national security when we started having territorial disputes with our two neighbors pakistan and china namely now the dispute with china in terms of territorial claims has majorly been along arunachal pradesh and the northeast and that has majorly been not so re- relevant in terms of the administration of the Indian government, besides, of course, the 2016 Doklam standoff with the Chinese government. There are not a lot of things to talk about. However, for the other neighbor, Pakistan, we'd have a lot of things to talk about. First, talking about Doklam as such. So, in 2016, when the Doklam standoff uh, occurred along with the Chinese administration and the Chinese government, the Indian ambassadors and the Indian dignitaries tried their very best to you know, solve the issue diplomatically and talk to the Chinese ambassador and the Chinese government. However, that failed to be largely unsuccessful for a period of a month. No military action was taken in that particular standoff. And the only uh, notable events that took place was that the Chinese troops just continually kept along moving inside Indian territory along the LAC or the line of actual control, which is basically the frontier that we have with China, as it's called. So the Doklam standoff came to a halt and an end uh, after so a month when our defense minister Nirmala Sitharaman went to talk into diplomatic talks with the Chinese administration and finished the issue there and then. So that was not very large scale in terms to affecting us per se. However, now when we talk talk about uh, the other neighbor that we have, which is Pakistan, There are plenty of things to talk about. So Pakistan has proved to be a very major problem in the development and the armed forces situation of our country for the past 70 years. In fact, all four wars that India has ever fought in its existence have also been with Pakistan. Now, the thing is that the Pakistani administration has a very serious problem with the Indian government and that has been persistent since the Indo- since independence in 1947. Now, they could have, you know, tried to take out their hate and their problems in two ways. Either they could have done it themselves by deploying their own troops, which, are def- which they've done four times and they have lost massively all four times in 1947, 1965, 1971 and in 1999. And the other thing that they could have done was that they could have someone else do it for them. That someone else, again, we'd like to talk about in detail. Now, again, talking about the wars first, all four wars that we fought with Pakistan have been over a piece of land. And that piece of land in its core has always been the land of Jammu and Kashmir. 
where the actual battle has been fought is irrelevant but the main concern or the prime facie objective of the China, of the pakistani government has always been the state of jammu and kashmir which they felt belongs to them in all four wars we've also noticed very common factors that uh, the pakistani government uh, and the pakistani armed forces employ all their standing army employ the air force employ the navy um and again we've similarly seen that in all four wars we have used the indian air force the indian army and the indian navy when it comes to combat time and the battle standing or the order of battle as it's called there have been major major controversies about all these wars that they claim that they have won the wars in their own history and their own administration and we claim that we have won the war in our own uh, administration and own system however again the 1971 war is out of question as a similar agreement was signed internationally by both parties where in china or the general at that point of the pakistani army had very clearly written and signed that pakistan surrenders to the indian government so again that is out of question so so much so for the wars where in you know there's not a lot of talk lot of to talk about because we have won them overall so talking about the second alternative which was to employ someone else to do it for them now ladies and gentlemen this is the greatest problem that poses itself in terms to in terms of indian national security in the modern times and that is of guerrilla warfare and terrorism as we have very popularly seen in the contemporary world that terrorism has gripped all major countries when it comes to the united states of america the russian federation the people's republic of china the french republic germany for that matter the german republic and the entire region of middle east the middle east again is a massive piece of land with just death and waste all around only and only creating to terrorism now the indian government and an average indian does not want that which is basically the situation of the middle east to happen with us we have a bright future we are the golden bird as sir as pandit jawalan nehru said and we can take this country to greater heights but for that we have to have to in any case combat the problem of terrorism now i'd like to remind you that the indian government and i like to applaud the modi government and the nda coalition in 2000 since 2014 for their commendable efforts to bring a shift about indian indian uh, doctrine of fighting terrorism since 2016 i'm sure a lot of you have noticed that the indian government and the indian armed forces has become far much more aggressive and far much more front faced when it comes to taking combat and taking issues head first in the older times we had this uh, policy the indian government had this policy of a no strike first policy which basically meant that unless we were attacked first we did not have the power or the uh, authority to attack to attack the enemy first but since 2014 since the appointment of ajit adhyajit doval sir ajit doval as the national security advisor and narendra modi as the prime minister of india and the bjp government coming into the power we have seen the a complete drastic shift in that policy where the bjp government now takes head on uh, the enemy along when it comes to battle along frontiers a lot of popular a lot of popular examples of these were very clearly as we all know was first the surgical strikes in 2016 which was again of an excellent move by the government to tackle the you know the launch pads and the terrorism that we face from azad kashmir or basically uh, pakistan occupied kashmir pok as it's called 
wherein the Indian Armed Forces or the 21st Parachute Regiment of the Indian Army delved into Azad Kashmir and attacked the bases of Chakoti and Khyber Pakhtunwa, wherein we eliminated the launch pads and the bases of these militants from Jaish e Muhammad and from Lashkar e Taiba. The second thing that we did was the Balako test strikes. But again, I'd like to talk about the Pulwama attack on 14th February 2019, which created massive problems for the Indian government because it was the first time where single-handedly 40 lives, 40 personnel lives of the, of the Indian Armed Forces was taken by a single attack. And that too, one which was not cross-border fire, but was which came when people from, when the militants came from Pakistan inside India and killed our men. Pulwama created the necessity for the Indian government to retaliate in such a fashion that we end the affair for at least a period of time. Which is why Operation Bandar or the Balakot airstrikes occurred. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Balakot airstrikes was a massive shut up to China, Pakistan, wherein, again, the Mirage 2000s dropped their 2000 LBS bombs into Azad Kashmir and into along these launch pads in Chakoti and Khyber Pakhtunwa in order to eliminate these terrorists. And the problem, again, that was that, again, people questioned the originality and the authenticity of the Balakot airstrikes, but we have seen from an official document report from Reuters and the UN office that this was actually an attack that took place in Balakot. The issue that arose of terrorism began in 2008 in the 26-11 attack of Mumbai, where we could see that the man in question from Pakistan was Hafiz Saeed. Now, Hafiz Saeed has had a problem with the Indian administration and the Indian government since 2008, ever since he sent his men to India in 2008 to attack the Taj Hotel and the Chhatrapati Shivaji railway station and many more places that came along. Hafiz Saeed has had a problem with India since 2008 and much far much before that and because of that he has tried to attack India every few years, every few months by using this uh, you know tactic of guerrilla warfare and terrorism and he has proved to be successful very sadly for us till date. Again, the Indian government has taken a lot of good measures in order to combat this infiltration into our Indian border, in borders and taking, you know, react quick, forming quick reaction forces when it comes to contingency like, such as like this. The National Security Guards are the black cats of our country, the elite para-commando force of our country, the NSGs. They were only stationed in the Palam base in New Delhi before, where they could be employed, deployed from. But now that they could not now be deployed from a unit in, in Kolkata, West Bengal, from a unit in Bangalore, Karnataka, and from the original squadron from Palam, Delhi. So therefore, we have improved our geo geopolitical structure when it comes to quick reaction forces. Second of all, the 21st Parachute Regiment, with its continuous training and uh, superiority in terms of combat, has helped the Indian government in wars all along, all along these years and will continue to help us in, you know, such as instances such as the surgical strikes um, as well. Now the issue again comes to combating this terrorism, cross-border terrorism with Pakistan. The underlying issue besides the entire concept of this cross-border terrorism from Pakistan has been that Pakistan has never come on record in international, uh, you know, international records or in international platforms and openly said that these men who fight their battle from Azad Kashmir are our men. 
Pakistan claims them to be completely different people with completely different mindsets and different objectives from the Pakistani government and say that they are against the Pakistani government as well. But an, a very rational person could very clearly see over the years that this is not the case as the people who fight in Azad Kashmir has the same objective as the Pakistani government, which is to diminish the armed forces of our country and to take over and take over the land of Jammu and Kashmir. So the problem of Pakistan never accepting that these are that these are their men has been has posed to be a problem to us because whatever action that we take against Pakistan cannot be credited to our account considering that Pakistan never accepts that they, that we killed their men when it comes to a combat situation. Which brings me to a very interesting point. People debate about you know the abrogation of Article 370 of Kashmir because they feel that it's unconstitutional and the Modi government did it in order to credit them in the elections. But you must, I urge each and every rational Indian out there today to think of it in the large scale. When you think of the abrogation of 370 in the bigger picture, you realize that the abrogation of 370 has helped us so so much in terms of national security and in terms of infiltration from Pakistan primarily because now the Indian government and the central government, the BJP government has direct power and direct control over the state of Jammu and Kashmir much like uh, we have over other states. The central government can delve into Jammu and Kashmir, can deploy forces into Jammu and Kashmir, can take full control over Jammu and Kashmir and can ensure you know without any uh, scope of mistakes that any Pakistani should not enter our country. This has helped us because there, there have been numerous infiltrations of Pakistan over the past few centuries, over the past few decades, and that has proved to be disastrous. Therefore, abrogation of 370 when it comes to national security has only and only helped us exponentially in order to safeguard our country and our people from Pakistan. In order to conclude this podcast, I'd like to just say that um, I have always had a knack for the armed forces, and I feel that people who genuinely believe that national security and frontier control is a very important factor in the development and the growth of a nation and other people who do not believe in the system also must realize that if you do not have your land, if you do not have your people, if you do not have your safety, what will you do with the money otherwise? Thank you so much. That's it.